color outside the lines, to do something different, to uh, an attempt to elevate a commodity. Let's be honest, it's not sexy or exciting to buy or sell paper clips. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 149 of Unscripted, the first one in May of 2019. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the sergeant of the sales safari, the one and only Kirby Hossam. And Kirby, how the hell are you? I am exhausted. Uh, doing great, but just my brain is as full as my brain gets. Uh, as you just mentioned, the sales safari, both you and I were there. That was fun to see you. Um, so that was great, but I am tired. How about yourself? A little a little uh, slow this morning as well, <laughs> giving, giving 26 of the same presentations yeah. uh, over the course of two days. A little tired. It felt a little bit like Teddy Ruxpin, um, <laughs> but uh, all in all, it was great, good. It was great to see you. I thought to open it nice job at the event and it was an honor to be there but you know who else honors us by their mere presence kirby who's that bill i'm so glad you asked that'd be the good folks at bam bams nice i know you've checked out their custom headwear program it's fantastic fully custom caps you can design them have their team design it just doesn't matter but they're (laughs) going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval that's amazing you'd think it would take longer you would i mean it, it Fully custom. Yeah. Not a little bit custom. I'm talking fully custom. <laughs> Every bit of it. The bill, the 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 tag, the the front face, whatever the hell that's called. See, I'm tired. I don't even know. I forget the, 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 the whatever. The, yeah. the whole hat, it's custom, folks. Yeah. Just deal with it. Yeah. But what they're going to do is they're going to get to your customer in 30 days or less from sample approval. So stock or custom, Bam Bam should be your first and only thought for custom decorated headwear honestly they do a good job all joking aside they do some really really high quality work and they're going to work on your behalf to make you look great in front of your customers absolutely one of my favorite hats is the uh, hat that they did for the common skew event i literally wear it um almost every couple days i love yeah. that hat. no absolutely I, I do the same and so before we launch in i want to remind everybody that the podcast is available on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher and now on spotify just go ahead and find whatever Place you, whatever platform you listen to your podcast, and search Promo Corner and hit that handy subscribe button, and you can listen to this on the vehicle of your choosing. I love it. I love it. All right, Kirby, um, are you ready to go ahead and broadcast at some sort of level today? Some sort of level is exactly what I'm shooting for. (laughs) All right, that's awesome. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and start us off today. Go for um, it. Awesome. So I wanted to share, um, a, a, it's been kind of talked about in the industry, and we don't have to spend a, a ton of time on it, but I think it would be, and you know how I like to say tone deaf, mm-hmm. um, someone you and I both knew, um, kind of a titan of the industry, passed away um, mm. this past weekend. David Woods yeah. uh, passed away. And for those of you who don't know David, David um, was the longtime executive vice president over at Lee Wayne. Um, and then during the Halo bankruptcy, Halo had owned B- Lee Wayne, was, was pivotal in helping combine the two organizations along with Mark Simon. And then went on to uh, took a year off, served uh, actually worked at PPAI for a year, and then went on to do some wonderful things at AIA back when they were known as Adventures in Advertising. I, you know, he's one of those 
I, I was trying to think about what to say about David. Uh, I, I came to Halo. I, you know, my story very briefly. I came to Halo nine months before the bankruptcy, mm-hmm. and so I, I had the honor and pleasure of working with David. Um, and, and knowing him. And, you know, very quickly I realized that I not only had found a mentor, uh, but a friend. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the kindest, most uh, um, fun, fun guy. You would not, he, but he's very quiet, very humble. And so I was trying to think of the, the way to describe uh, David. And, and I'd love your thoughts because I know you knew David a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But he was the quiet titan of our industry. Mm, yeah. And, you know, we are seeing kind of, uh, you know, with, with the passing of Fran Ford uh, last year, now the passing of, of David Woods, you know, there, there's not those uh, old school, for lack of a better term, titans left. And so I wanted to ask you, Kirby, any, any memories of, of David and, and any thoughts on who are the next titans of our industry? Mm, yeah. You know, I don't know that uh, any specific memories pop into my mind, but one of the things that when something like this happens, the thing that strikes me is you know the sort of the quality, the magnitude of the person when all of a sudden my entire Facebook feed is filled up with every single person who I admire in the industry talking about how they admire that person. Right. Does that make sense? I mean, like it was like, it was Tim Andrews, it was Paul Bellantone. It was, you know, it was some of the, as you called it, titans of the industry recognizing and, and literally using the words like, one of the greatest people I've ever known, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. It was, it was amazing. And so, um, yeah, that was, as you said, I'm glad you brought it up. It w- wouldn't want to be tone deaf, you know, and, and I, you know, I always struggle in the sense that who are the next? I mean, I think that what comes to mind in, in those places are people like Paul Kiwi, uh, quite honestly, mm-hmm. Paul Bellantone and, and Tim Andrews come to mind because they just are, uh, you know, again, they, the gravitas of what they do and how they represent the industry are the, uh, that come to mind. And then uh, just one other that pops into my head is like, like or two others like Gene Geiger um, or like actually even Dale Denham was one of the people that just popped into my head when you said, when you asked the question. So mm-hmm. I think, I think we've got some folks who are working us in that direction, but yeah, when somebody like David passes, it's uh, something to pause. Yeah. I just recalled when going through that very, very disruptive bankruptcy process and trying to combine two companies into one, the grace and dignity and elegance uh, David Wood has had always uh, stuck with me and, and hopefully maybe rubbed off on me a little bit. I remember having very uh, quite a few dinners with him. He would come to New York and back when I was living in New York and trying to, you know, consolidate regions for Halo and we he had some great dinners and he just loved life, loved his fast cars and certainly mm-hmm. loved the Boston Red Sox. And so when I think of the next generation of Titans in our industry, I do think of Mark Simon. Um, mm, I do yeah. think of uh, from from Halo. I do think of Jonathan Isaacson from Gemline. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I, Gene Geiger is one that I, I had thought of as well, and um, Paul Kiwi um, also. Um, I think Paul Bellantone, Tim Andrews, absolutely. But they're also kind of serv- on the service provider side of things. So I'm really thinking the people who drive the industry. Okay. Um, but that's okay. I don't think that's wrong. By the way, yeah. I think they're part of that conversation. So anyway, I, I think I speak for both of us when we wish our, our, our send our deepest consult- condolences to the Woods family. Um, David was a, a tremendous man, and, and I will say the industry is a far lesser place uh, without him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kirby, got a topic? I do. I, I, th- I feel like, you know, we kind of mentioned it, but I think it's worthy of kind of going back over since both of us were there and a bunch yeah. of other people were there in the industry. The the sales safari at Kalahari, the uh, the OPA event was just 
just happened. Literally, uh, both of us just got home last night from it. Yep. Um, I, I felt like it was a good event. I, it's an exhausting event uh, in a good way, right? Like in what I mean by that is, you know, it's just meeting after meeting after meeting. Very uh, for those of us who have been to these power meeting, EME style kind of meeting. Um, I felt like the vibe was really good. And I want your, um, when did your take on it? And w- one quick observation, and I guess it, because I'm so tired today, um, the thing that anytime I go to an event like this, I'm always like, I so admire the people who are doing this on a regular basis. I think oh, yeah. sometimes, you know, we lose sight of that um, when we're, you know, you're pissed off because somebody hasn't gotten an email back to you right away. And then you mm-hmm. live in that space. And my wife's like, are you alive? Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no time to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it just made me respect like the suppliers and the folks who sort of live in that world all right. the time. Holy cow, that's that is hard work. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a great event. You know, one of the things I'd mentioned to one of the other board members was uh, the best compliment I can give you is I know when there are events like this that there are problems. The best compliment I can give you. I didn't know what any of them were. Yeah. So uh, that's the, you know, there wasn't really any any issues related to the event itself. I thought everything off went off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, OPA as the uh, hosts, very gracious. Um, I, you know, for me, it was very different. Normally yeah. when I'm asked to do an education session at a regional event, it's a, you know, one hour presentation or a workshop or something along those lines where I'm standing in front of a group of people. And, and uh, what we did was essentially I was part of the supplier rotation. So yeah. um, it was 18 minute presentations or discussions. I kind of changed the, the script a little bit. Um, I think there were about 26 of them, if I remember correctly. And you know, they were all really, uh, I think, interesting. I guess that's for other people <laughs> to judge. But um, trying to wedge in something where there's meaningful takeaway into 18 minutes, um, exhausting. But yeah. um, I hope people got a lot out of it. You know, I was telling um, someone yesterday, it's like you, know, you end up feeling like Teddy Ruxpin because you say the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, it's, I, I'm not sure presentation one was anything like presentation number <laughs> 26, but hopefully uh, people got some things out of it. But I thought overall the event was, 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 was well attended and uh, well run. Yeah, it's uh, and and what I like about it, and you and I've talked about this before, but I think it's worthy of mention. Is just I think it's fairly unique uh, for a regional to do an event like this, and so yep. I always admire, regardless, uh, you know, in the interest of transparency, I am the newest mem- board member of OPA, but I had nothing to do with this. Event. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean that because I don't want to take credit. You know what I mean? Like yep. a bunch of people worked really hard on it, but anytime. Uh, a regional or any organization really steps outside of their uh, mm-hmm. comfort zone or steps outside of the norm, I think is, I think that's valuable because it might Absolutely. not work. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And so good stuff. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Kirby. So I don't know if you saw this, but Staples, the number one promotional products distributor in our industry, has done a rebrand. Have you seen this? I have not. So they did a little bit of a rebrand. They want to call themselves the Working and Learning Company, and okay. so as part, so, I want you to think Apple. Kind of, that's clearly the model they're going after. So okay. they've actually opened up a flagship store in Toronto, okay, hmm. and I, uh, that has discovery areas. So like you know, you go into an Apple store and you can play with iPods and iPads and phones and all that. Hmm. So they have discovery areas where people can get their hands on uh, hand, hands on look right at pens, paper, electronics, and staples. And staples. Yeah, but I wish I had a picture, but this is radio. But it's very sleek looking. Again, it's very elegant looking. It's very Apple-inspired, clearly. Okay. Now, clearly, 
and I don't know about your organization, but when I need office supplies, if I need it in a hurry, I will run to a, a box store. But generally, I will order them on Amazon. Right. I, I just will. If I want paper, I'll order it on Amazon. If I need ink for my, my printer, Amazon. Will this type of reinvention work? So I guess what I'm asking really is for commodity items like I need 100 paper clips. I need some staples, paper, toner. Is brick and mortar dead? Uh, so uh, no. I would say no is my uh, short answer. I think that – and we use this word all the time almost to the point where I think sometimes it loses its meaning. But every time I think people like go crazy that brick and mortar is dead, I think it's it's being reinvented. It's being mm-hmm. re kind of reimagined. And I think the idea of – if it is, there is some level of experience, mm-hmm. um, I think that all retail has the ability to succeed. Uh, it's got to be interesting. It's got to be fun. I'm not sure how staples, actual staples and paper clips are going to be fun. Right. Um, but the idea that, um, it could it work? Yes. I think it's going to be, the other piece of this is what does success really look like? And so mm-hmm. I'm not trying to punt the question, but the reality of it is I think that there's definitely going to be people who run in there and be like, oh yeah, I, could, I would love to get some staples, paper clips, and oh, I can get a logo, a pen with my logo on it. Sure. There'll be some of that. I, I, I don't know that that is, I haven't envisioned that as being yeah. the long-term success model for our industry. No, and I, I actually agree with you. So, you know, a lot of people are, are completely lambasting this and thinking it's ridiculous. And my thought is, why not try that? I mean, clearly sales are, are declining for your traditional brick-and-mortar experiences. Okay? Right. And that's the tradition. They are declining. Yes. Because um, it is easier just to say, I can order it now, I get it maybe in a day or two days or whatever it is. It's, it's, it's easier to do that. So I think to uh, castigate them for not uh, for, for trying to do something innovative, who knows if it'll work? Right. I don't think anybody thought the Apple stores would work. I mean, yeah. think about that. So I do like that. And I do think because especially in the office products industry, you're dealing with a commodity. And I would right. argue in our industry, from the perspective of a lot of our end buyers, you're dealing with a commodity. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we should pay attention to as we try to shore up what our industry, how our industry presents itself. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's worth noting. And just, again, because Staples is the number one distributor industry, I really wanted to uh, mention that because we really do need to, every, every opportunity we all get, and I don't care if you're a supplier, distributor, or service provider, every opportunity we get, we have to do what we can to rise above that commodity status. And that's what Staples is trying to do. They're trying to elevate what they're doing. Yes, it's on the surface, it seems ridiculous for office products, but honestly, I like the fact that they're trying. Yeah, no, I actually, the more I think about it, the more, and again, this was me first hearing about this, but the idea of elevating the experience also elevates sort of, as you said, the commodity. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and I, you know, again, it isn't like, it sounds like they're just rolling this out in one store. Am I understanding that? I, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I, okay. I, I, I wrote this out transparent. I wrote this topic down like two weeks ago yep. and we just hadn't gotten to it yet. And so honestly, I don't know. Yeah, but if they're trying it in even a select number of stores, I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think because it's then just, you'll get a gauge. Yeah, I think it's just one in Toronto right now to see how it goes. But again, which is a good market for it. Yeah, again, to to color outside the lines, to do something different, to uh, an attempt to elevate a commodity. Let's be honest; it's not sexy or exciting to buy or sell paper clips. <laughs> so for them to try to do that and create an experience where people would want to go to the store. Um, I think I think it's I laud the effort. 
I absolutely do. Cool. Um, all right. So, yeah, I actually like the idea. So, um, all right. All right. Ready for a new topic? Of course I am, sir. All right. So, as always, I always try to work this in. Taylor Swift. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, article uh, in uh, recent promo marketing online, uh, Taylor Swift promotes new song and merch line by wearing Taylor Swift merch line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she has a new song coming out, Me. And she's... Uh, oh, you mean it's a song about her? I'm so shocked. <laughs> it is a stunner. Mm-hmm. But she is also flooding her Instagram with a lot of uh, release pictures and things like this for her new merchandise line, mm-hmm. which I think is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, in my mind, these sort of... Uh, when, obviously, brands that are recognizable, one of the most influential people probably in the world, mm-hmm. starts saying, hey... I see the value in uh, creating a merchandise line of my own. Does that in any way translate to value to what we do? Yes. Okay. Oh, you wanted me to elaborate. Sorry. Um, Actually, I love this. I love this topic because I can tie it back into Van Halen, and I freaking love that. (laughs) So, (laughs) absolutely. Thank you. Well done, Kirby. So it, when I was listening to you, I was thinking, okay, as I was listening to what you're saying, I was thinking, okay, what other artists have put out their own line of, of apparel or, you know, has created a full-on brand outside of just the music, right? Jimmy Jimmy Buffett, Buffett obviously, <laughs> is, is the, the first one, but I, he, it took him a while to get um, sure. a, to get the apparel part of it, right? Mm-hmm. He certainly created a brand around a lifestyle, that's mm-hmm. what Jimmy Buffett, I felt, did. Now, back when Sammy Hagar was in Van Halen, he launched Cabo Wabo Tequila. Yep. And they, the band actually were all initial investors in both the tequila and the Cabo Wabo Cantina, which is in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Um, Sammy Hagar has since bought out the other members since they don't really talk anymore. <laughs> uh, they don't, you know, the, bro- the Van Halen brothers don't really talk to Sammy, but... In conjunction with that, he they, they, he they launched an entire Cabo Wabo apparel line. But then separate from that, Sammy Hagar, who had been known as a solo artist, as the Red Rocker, and that was kind of his moniker, had a whole line of apparel called Red Rocker. It was clothing. It was shorts. It was sunglasses. It didn't really take, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually had a pretty cool logo. But I, I honestly, I'm the biggest Van Halen freak on the planet, and I never bought any of this stuff. Right. But I, I, I've seen a number of attempts. I think it's good for our industry when people who are high profile, like a Taylor Swift, much as I, I don't care for her at all, I don't, you know, obviously I don't know her, but I just don't like her music, and she just, for whatever reason, is like a cheese grater on my spinal cord, just I seeing see her. That. Yeah, she's driving me nuts. But um, I do think it's very cool that she sees um, Taylor Swift branded merchandise as a way to extend the reach of her brand. I yep. think it absolutely, we talked a few minutes ago about elevating our industry. That elevates what we do. Um, now, traditionally, people won't think of that as promotional products, but it really is, right? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, I, I, I used to, I still joke, you know, the original promotional product is one you paid for and couldn't wait to wear to school the next day when you went to a concert when you were in high school, right? Because yeah. you could prove you went to the concert. <laughs> That's right. 100%. Yeah. Now, so, I, it, it, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that this is, uh, and I think that the best 
uh, marketers in our industry are starting to think this way. I, I agree. And so there are a number of bands that have done this. Um, I, I know Green Day's done it. I know quite a few, a bunch of bands are doing this kind of dipping their toe in the water with fun promotional products. I don't know what Taylor Swift says. I have, I'm sure they're boring as all hell, but whatever. <laughs> um, not the products themselves, but the, the logo on it, I'm sure is horrible. Um, and and I think, but I do think it's cool, and I do think it does elevate the industry. And Kirby, speaking of elevating the industry, it is now time for the promo person of the week. As I've said before, it's dedicated to highlight one person in our industry, age, gender, affiliation. It doesn't matter, but it's the one person in our industry who's grabbing our attention and making us take notice. Kirby, we alternate weeks on this, and it is your week to tell us who is your promo person of the week. Thank you very much. Actually, the as I got to thinking about this, obviously this OPA event has been close on my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been what I've been doing. And so my promo person of the week is an OPA board member. He's the incoming uh, president. Mm-hmm. I was just so impressed with the work that he did this week, Kyle McGovern, he mm-hmm. he helped to, or he was like the chair of the event. He's the incoming president. I'd known Kyle before, um, but this week, you know, obviously having a little bit more behind the scenes, I got right. to see a little bit about how he handled things. I loved what you said about in every event there are going to be bumps in the road. And if the people who are involved in it don't know about it, that mm-hmm. means Kyle did a hell of a job. Right. Right. Like managing all of that. And, uh, you know, there were some bumps, but we overcame it. I think literally every time somebody was like, hey, I need a chair, Kyle was running up the hall to grab it. And he was yeah. just, I was just so impressed. I actually talked to my wife about this last night about not only the organization of it, how he handled things that were stressful and just the overall caring of what, uh, caring about the event, about the organization that he had. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the day, I think we need more people like that in our industry who do, as you said, elevate the industry. So Kyle McGovern is my promo person of the week. Love that. Kyle, great guy. Met him really for, uh, I've met him at LDW before, but it was kind of a passing thing and uh, had a chance to really chat with him a little bit. What a great guy. Perfect promo person of the week. So Kyle McGovern, your box of virtual high fives are being sent to you directly from our supplier. We're going to drop ship those. Awesome. <laughs> I love Kirby. I love you know it. what else is awesome, Kirby? What's that? Bill? Be the good people at Tervis. And I know you I don't know if you know this or not. So we know the traditional, the the classic Tervis tumbler that we all know and love so well. Mm-hmm. But they also have a stainless steel line. I don't know if hmm. you're aware of this. So I they was add, not aware. Tell yeah. Me. So they added that stainless steel line to their very well established classic line about two years ago. And the goal of it's their goal is to be better than the competition by using state of the art custom three D degree UV printing. And I don't know if you have seen the decoration on these things, but it is amazing i mean truly you talk about color that pops you talk about things that get attention i'm telling you they do they're available in four sizes 12 ounce 20 ounce 30 ounce and a 24 ounce water bottle love it five-year warranty they're copper lined vacuum insulated keeps your drink eight hours hot 24 hours cold i love that i it will never take me eight hours to drink a hot beverage but i like (laughs) the option no, it's a, that's beautiful. I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, and Kirby, you can check it out because they have a second quarter promo that includes two of their most popular items, the 12-ounce stainless tumbler that I just spoke about and the 24-ounce classic. Uh, they're on special now through June 30th. Go ahead and visit TervisPromos.com. You'll get all the information you need to take advantage of that uh, uh, second quarter Tervis special. All right, cool, man. I'm excited to check that out. All right, Kirby, little fill in the blank. I have a theme this week. I don't know if you do, but I'm going to go do. ahead and start. Go for so it. So last week we spoke about home cooking, mm-hmm. right? This okay. week we're just going to talk about the kitchen itself. 
Okay, cool. Kirby, the promotional product you use most in the kitchen is blank. The promotion, uh, bottle opener. <laughs> All right. I'm stunned. <laughs> um, well, again, uh, so yeah, actually there's several, um, several really nice bottle openers in our line in our industry there are mm-hmm. several that are terrible and they're lightweight but i am a, a big fan of a really nice bottle opener um, i'd love to say it was a spatula or something like that but the reality of it is definitely bottle opener is my number one product okay awesome all right okay. Okay. content is my theme this week okay mm-hmm. okay all right your favorite kind of content to create right now so I know you've created you create a lot of different content. Yeah. But your favorite kind of content to create right now is it's actually back back to my blog. I, I normally I would answer this podcast, and I do very much enjoy this podcast. But over the last I'd say a couple months, uh, maybe four or five months, I've really rediscovered my 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 love of writing, mm. um, and and um, is a muscle, and yeah. and I, I have enjoyed working that muscle uh, over the past four or five months, and so right now it's it's writing it's the solitude I get there's no music on or anything like that and I can uh, really just focus on on that so right now writing writing my blog now, you know what? It's actually what I anticipated you'd say. I really feel like your blog has gotten stronger over the last 6 well, weeks. Well, thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right, Kirby. The amount of time you spend washing your dinner dishes before you put them in the dishwasher <laughs> to actually be washed is blank. Seconds. Uh, so it, we just actually just got a new dishwasher. Um, and when I say that, like literally within the last couple weeks, um, we went, we had a dishwasher, then the dishwasher started to leak and break and we're like, okay, we need to stop using that. And we went back to the idea of hand washing dishes and you think no big deal. I've done that. Wow. I forgot how much I really did not like going through the process of you know, really washing dishes. It's, so yeah, yeah, it's just terrible. And so I will say, I am spoiled in that way. Rinse off it really quick. Throw it in the dishwasher. I don't. Nice. I, like, yeah, I'm not a. I don't spend a whole lot of time. Good. Good for you. Cool. All right. So we've talked about your favorite kind of content to create. Yep. Your favorite kind of content to consume right now is. Um, it is. It is uh, still blogs. Honestly, okay. I like the written word. Um, I know a lot of people don't, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay. I think it's uh, – I just like – I think when, when people write very well, you're, you're one of them, but when people write very well, it's a very interesting look into the way their brain operates. And, sure. and so whereas this, you know, our podcast is very much of a off-the-cuff, top-of-my-head – not that there's not thought given into it, but I mean, I guarantee you every podcast we do, there's things we wish we would have phrased differently had we sure. been able to really plan it out. It's not what this is built for. I like the written word because it's someone's really, really taking the time yep. to, to express themselves in the way they want. I like it. Cool. Okay, Kirby. Blank is the number of times you go to your pantry on an average day. Average day, probably just once. Wow. Uh, maybe weekends, twice. I, you know, like it literally, uh, I go and maybe in the evening and we'll look at a potential snack. But you know me well enough. I don't eat a lot of like, like chips or, I mean, occasionally I will. But the spending time in the pantry on that way, I, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of that. All right. Cool. Yep. All right. So what kind the kind of content that you consume when you need to be inspired is reading the book 
Okay. Um, I, I like. I mean, I, I guess that's technically not content marketing, but no, um, so, I, will I answer, said content. I didn't yeah. say content marketing. Yeah, I will answer the question in the manner of which I choose. <laughs> um, I still love a tangible book. I don't have a Kindle. I don't like e-readers. I really like a book. Um, I know you're a big books on tape guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like books on tape. I've tried it. It just doesn't do it with do it for me. So when I'm sure. reading a business book or something that um, I feel is inspirational to me, I am as old school as old school gets. I have a yellow highlighter and I will uh, dog ear pages and underline things and star things. And so if you look in my business library um, in my office, you can you you tend to see. Uh, a lot of uh, books that are very well worn because yeah. that's just the way I, you know, we all learn differently. And, and I do love, uh, I, I do like the idea of books on tapes. It's just, I, I tend to tune out. I'll start to do something else right. and, and I'm not giving my full attention to the actual book. So I'm I gonna think say, one of your problems is you're looking, listening to a book on tape and those mm-hmm. actually don't exist anymore. So. Yeah, it's a phrase, Kirby. So <laughs> yeah, don't, don't treat me like a snickersnee. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Okay. All right. You're up. I am. Blank is the amount of times you open the refrigerator door and stare blankly inside trying to find something to eat or drink per day. Uh, No, that's a good one. That's probably where I go. I would say closer to four or five on that one. Um, And and the worst is, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, where you're like, you you do it, then you walk away because you didn't find anything, and like two minutes later you go back and open it again. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I would say closer to five on that. Yeah. And, you know, well, I like how my bad. Yeah, we all stare at the refrigerator, like, you know, close door and then go back and look like something magically is going to appear that wasn't <laughs> exactly. there before, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's similar to like, I've, I can't find my keys. I'm going to go look in the same three places because it has to be there. Exactly, exactly. Well, Kirby, I don't know if you're aware of this, but on Saturday is the Run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby. So, our rapid fire this week. Oh, okay. do you have one more for me? I do. You do? I'm so sorry. Let's. No problem. Let, let, um, please. I apologize. The Run for the Roses <laughs> rapid fire will wait. What right, was cool. your final one? I am so I'll, sorry. No problem. I'll make it a quick one. So there's so much new content right now, and you know, it, it's hard to catch up to it, right? Yep. And so the amount of time, when you see a new piece of content that you're mm-hmm. like kind of interested in checking out, mm-hmm. the amount of time you give a new piece of content before you give up on it is. Hmm. <laughs> So I went right to a blog. So I'm going to yep. answer this thinking of a blog. You've okay. got about three or four sentences to hook me. Okay. Um, and I and I will tell you this. I know uh, uh, most places that try to teach content marketing will tell you to title things like five surefire ways to kick right. ass your sales. <laughs> I, I see that type of title. I am so out. I don't. Yeah. I'm not interested. I don't yep. want. I don't want a guarantee. I don't want anything surefire, and I sure don't want anything kick ass because generally it's not. Um, <laughs> so right. um, the title has to grab me. And again, I, 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 you know, just like when I, you know, was in hardcore sales, I sold the way I liked to be sold to. Right. I write co- content the way I like to consume it, and so I want a title to inspire me. Um, so you've got the title and about the first two or three sentences. Fair. Okay. Cool. Awesome. So, Kirby, I don't know if you know this, but Saturday <laughs> is the Run for the Roses, the Kentucky Derby. I believe the 104th running. I have no idea. I'm just making. It could be. It could be 180th. I have no idea. But it's 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 damn near the Kentucky Derby. That's okay. that's what I know. All right. So this again, and I can't stress this enough. This is a very easy little game we play. There are no right or wrong answers. You pick one or the other. I'm going to give you two choices. 
two choices only. You just pick one or the other. The first one that pops in your mind, no explanation necessary. It's a little fun game we're going to do to end the podcast. Are you ready to play? I am ready. Kirby, these are horse names. These are actual horse names, and I'd like oh, you to pick them. Jeez. Okay. Harry Trotter or Forrest Jump? Forrest Jump. Tater Trot or Maple Stirrup? <laughs> Tater Trot. Brittany Spurs or Talk Derby to me? Oh, Talk Derby to me. Okay. Now we're going to switch it up a little bit. The next ones actually have run in the Kentucky Derby. So the rest of them all have actually run in the Kentucky Derby, okay? Okay. No Soup for You in 1998 or Riding Miss Daisy in 2004? <laughs> oh, the other one's weird, so I'm going to go with No Soup for You. Okay. Mookie's Runnin', which is, uh, was ran in 2006, named after Mookie Wilson of the Mets, or Curse Reversed in 2004 after the uh, Boston Red Sox won the World Series? Mookie's Runnin'. Brangelina in 2005 or What Am I Chopped Liver in 1972? <laughs> what Am I Chopped Liver? Where's the Beef in 2008? Oh, yeah. Or You're My Boy Blue in 2005? Oh, You're My Boy Blue. Okay. Love that one. Order in the Court in 1996 or Slump Buster. In, I'm sorry. Yeah, or Slump Buster in 2006. Order in the Court. <sighs> All right, this is a tough one. Lewinsky in 1996 oh. or Turducken no. in 2000? Oh, <laughs> uh, Turducken. Free Drop Billy last year, 2018, or Junk in the Trunk, 2000? Junk in the trunk, for sure. Walk of Shame in 1991, <laughs> or That's What She Said in 2007? That's what she said. Request for Parole in 2002, or Mucho Macho Man in 2011? <laughs> Request for Patrol, or, uh, you know, the other one. Yep. Bodacious Tatas in 1985, <laughs> or Barely Legal? Um, two horses had that name. One ran in 1982, the other one ran in 1989. Super uncomfortable with either of these. I'll go Barely Legal. Kirby, uh, again, you did a great job. So well done. No <laughs> wrong answers this week. Yes. You were bracing for impact, weren't you? I was totally bracing for impact. And you know, when you order caps, though, from Bam Bam, and you want that custom headwear, you don't have to brace for impact. You know why, Kirby? Why is that, Because they're going to deliver full custom caps designed by your team or their team in 30 days or less from sample approval. That's right, fully custom caps. So stock or custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. Kirby, I hope you enjoyed recording this little podcast as much as I did today. And again, well done on Rapid Fire. I, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.